Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. T. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 139 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast and the 2021 season is on the clock. Yes, the Bengals lost uh, to the Dolphins yesterday, 29-26 in the final pre-season game. It was actually quite a fun game to watch, I must say, I quite enjoyed it. It was nice to see... Paul Brown Stadium and the sun shining and uh, Papier Mache kind of dungeon things with tigers on and all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, now it's time for business. And we mean business, don't we, Nathan Palmer? We do indeed, my son. The pre-season's out of the way. The regular season is on the horizon. Just about a week and a half to go now. Um your taste buds moist, my son? Are you, are you getting a bit excited now? Everything's moist, Nathan. Everything is moist and I'm ready to go. It's uh, I think yesterday was really good because it was a home game. You know, the Bengals debuted some sort of um, game day, sort of bits and pieces they're going to be rolling out for the season. You know, all our favourite fans were in the stadium. And uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just a good game as well. It was fun. I wasn't too bothered about the result or whatever, but... Um, it was it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. I thought it was uh, lots of action. You know, kind of end to end almost, if you want to put it in uh, in uh, soccer football parlance. I think yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun to watch. Definitely, definitely up. There's a bit more tempo there, a bit more upbeat. Um, I think that's what you want, isn't it? In that final preseason game, you want to get the feel. I mean, I know obviously we lost in the end, but it was quite tight. It was back and forth. You know, we could have had it at the end. I think obviously in a real game, you'd have kicked the field goal there, and it would have gone to overtime. Fair play for Zach Taylor not not taking it there, but that's kind of what you want, isn't it? Something competitive, something that replicates. Um, a real game so very very enjoyable I'm not going to lie the first two games were hard to watch I really thought they were a bit um, you know went on a bit long and the stand yeah, wasn't yeah, brilliant yeah. I think I think actually what was quite nice in this is that pretty much throughout it was fairly consistent I mean the Dolphins only used Reed Sinnott for the whole game a quarterback and for the absolute majority we had Kyle Sherman I think when a quarterback um, can get sort of 25, 30 throws under their belt like those two did. You do build up uh, a bit of momentum, a bit of rhythm. Um, I think, therefore, the quality is a bit better as a result. So, yeah, well, it was an enjoyable watch, actually. Uh, it doesn't come without uh, concern, I suppose. There's plenty of good stuff, plenty of uh, fun things. Brandon Allen looked more like his old self yesterday through a lovely touchdown pass to Chris Evans. And Chris Evans, you know, there he is again popping up in the passing game. Um, Kyle Shermer looked uh, much more at home under centre, I thought, after his early early wobbles there, I think. You know, he, he kind of settled down after a few series where his feet were very happy indeed. <laughs> it was quite kind of stressful to watch him. But he settled right down and had a good game. The offensive line, again, did not give up a sack, which is amazing. Um you know, so plenty to like, really, and some nice defensive stops. I mean, we did 
kind of uh, give, as you say, Reed Sinnott three or let up 343 yards from a third string uh, quarterback, which is slightly off-putting. But I kind of quite like the way Zach Taylor did not go for the, the game-tying field goal. He, he was like, right, this is a situation of football. We, we're on fourth down. We've got to win. Um, so, yeah, it was an unexpected move at the end of the game. He didn't play safe, but he went for it. So, you know, I've got no problem with that. It was... Uh, uh, lots of fun to be had in that game, I think. Trent Taylor with that little tip from uh, <laughs> Stanley Morgan. Hey, that, was, that was Brandon Stokely down the sideline vibes, oh, that no, was, wasn't it? I know, I know. Oh, but, I never forget uh, that. Yeah, no, I think that's that's one of the uh, the plays that are etched in Bengals fans' minds throughout uh, the recent uh what 10 15 years something like that that was was at least that yeah Yeah. maybe going back nearly 15 years now the the worst part as well was it was gus johnson on commentary who's just got that sort of shrieking fantastic um announcer voice and it just went so perfectly um (laughs) with that player i think every bengals fan knows exactly what i mean as well with the that noise exactly yeah um no shrieking from greg gumbel yesterday the old Gumblemeister doesn't shriek, does he? He's not a shrieker. He's more. I think he's more of a growler. I think yeah, when, yeah. when a growler and a grunter. Yeah, I think he's a when the, when the Gumblemeister gets into a pretty intense situation, whatever it might be. I think he's a grunter and a growler, not a shrieker. What are you, Nathan? Are you a grunter and a growler? Are you a G and G or are you a shrieker? I think I'm more of a G and G than a shrieker. So I could see you being a shrieker though. <laughs> if you got a bit, if you got a bit excited after about two or three Peronis and um, Trent Taylor was streaking down the sideline, I could see you having a bit of a bit of a shriek. I think I think I'd like to think myself as a bit of a G and G, but I, I I think I probably would be a shrieker. I'd go a bit mad. Um, but anyway. <laughs> But this is all fun and the fair. All the big commentators are back out again. Can't wait till we get Kevin Harlan. But I think we're on our first two games with Fox, uh, the Vi- uh, against the Vikings and the Bears. I'm pretty sure it's they're both Fox games, so um, not quite as good as CBS. Anyway, what we're going to be doing today is just having a quick chat about the game. We're going to be going because basically um, cuts are being made today. And the final 53-man roster has to be announced. We're doing like everyone else. We're just going to name our 53-man roster and uh, see if you agree with it or not agree with it. Does that sound like a plan, Nathan? Sounds like a plan, my son. I've spent um, about 20 minutes, half an hour, formulating my roster, double-checking it. I guarantee there's probably 57 players on it. (laughs) I know, right? I just did the same. uh, just, we'll, before we'll I, just before we came on air, I said to Nathan, wait, I've just got to go through it because I'm sure I've got like 54. I'm not sure. And um, and I had. So I, didn't know what to do with, I didn't know what to do with Joseph Asai because obviously he, he makes the He'll, roster, but then he's going to go on IR, isn't he? So yeah. I was a bit like, and the same with, same with the Denergy as well, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Khalid Kareem got injured yesterday, so we're waiting to see what the outcome of that is. And, of course, Trey Waynes doesn't look good for for um, mm. week one and perhaps even week two as well. We'll see, uh, as Marvin used to say. Um, yesterday, Joe Burrow took the field, standing ovation. Here, All the players passed through the new tunnel experience, which is basically two large papier-mâché boxes with, with uh, tigers that looked as though they were coughing up hairballs, I have to say. Um, 
Um, but loads of people like that, and that's great. It all adds to the atmosphere, I think. It's all good fun, all the fun of the fair and all that. I think it's good that the Bengals are trying to make the game day atmosphere a little bit more kind of um, eye-catching and fun. Sorry? It's an invigorating. Yeah, a bit more kind of like, oh, this is fun. This is, you know, you don't get this down your local supermarket, do you, every day or, or down just on the local sports field. You you get, like, big tigers breathing smoke at you. And Although I did make the comment yesterday, I did think they should have had uh, the smoke coming out of their asses. That would have been quite uh, amusing. Um, um, but Joe Burrow got a standing ovation, which was great to see, and he was as good as his word, or at least as good as Zach's word. Three plays, out of there, no messing, and, you know, that was that. So at least he was under centre in a game, sort of a game environment. At least he had that feel. Um, still not taking up our offer of being the friendly hitters coming over and giving them a bit of a once-over in training but uh, on the practice field, but... Uh, good to see Joe Boy back out there, wasn't it? It was good, and I'm glad he played. I think everyone was not 100% sure. I think it was enormously premeditated. I think everyone knew it was going to be run, run, screen, or in some format like that, and it absolutely was. I would have liked to have seen more. I would maybe a, at least sort of maybe seven, eight, nine, ten plays, maybe a decent drive, get him a first down out there, actually throw a ball down the field. I think coming off the field, throwing that sort of bubble screen to chase that was incomplete, and then people, is it a fumble, is it not? It wasn't perhaps the sort of game experience you'd necessarily want. I think it's, like I said, for him to get in his pads, run out onto the field, get that ovation, um, and just hand a couple of balls off is better than nothing for sure. I would have given him another series, though, at least just to sort of maybe get some more rust off, um, throw a few balls down the field and see how that went. But I think in general, it's good that he put the helmet on and he was out there on the field. Now, who's to say he wouldn't have had a first down because someone dropped the ball, didn't they? <laughs> Again. Mate, you're crazy, isn't it? What are you saying? What are you saying, Nathan, about uh, J-Mar? I, I said to you before we got on air that if you didn't know he was a first-round pick and he was just in the body of someone else who was undrafted, based on what you see now, would he even make the roster? What you, I don't, we don't obviously see Camp every day. He mm. probably does look a step ahead of some of the other guys, um, you know, like a Trent Taylor, Trenton Irwin. He probably he's a bit quicker, and he, that probably shows up in Camp every day. But I mean, certainly in the preseason, which we see with everything, three drops last week, drop here today um, or last night. Sorry. It is worrying, and obviously he's a first-round pick. He's got an enormous amount of talent. The ceiling's high. He's not played for a year. There's a lot of reasons there why he might not be performing at a high level yet. I'm sure he'll get through it. I'm sure he will, but it's odd. A guy like that, like I said, with those gloves he's got on, that ball yesterday from Burrow was straight between the, you know into the chest. He's got two hands on it. I think he knew he was going to get hit. I think we, you know, we're worried about Joe Burrow not getting here and stuff like that. And if that's a mental thing, I wonder for Jamar Chase, he's not been levelled in a while. No one gets really hit properly in camp. He's obviously not really had. I think he had one catch at the start of the season, which was put in his hands, and he sort of ran it for about 15 yards and got tackled then. But he hasn't had really had any game experience since he was back at LSU nearly two years ago now. So. I wonder if maybe, son, if we're going to go out there, we do the double team. You know, we hit Burrow a few times, we hit Jamar Chase a few times, maybe get him in sort of, uh, get him in some sort of game shape for Minnesota. But it is concerning. I think at this point, you've got to be saying, look, 
it is concerning. I'm not saying it's concerning long term, but short term, like I said, we've got a couple of big games coming up. We No one really knows how we're going to be this season, but he's first round pick, top five pick. You want him to be performing, um, like you said last week, at that sort of AJ Green level of last season where he can pick up sort of five, six, seven hundred yards, maybe three or four touchdowns and showcase his potential. And at the moment, um, that's looking a little bit worrying. It is. I must say there was a blown blocking assignment on that play by Tyler Boyd. That didn't help. However, it was the easiest catch possibly ever known to an NFL football player. And, um, yeah, I do, I do wonder whether, again, once again, whether he had one eye on, uh, as you say, a defender coming in and going to smack him down, you know. So that shouldn't be an issue at all really and by all accounts he's had a really good week in in training camp and he's looked you know terrific so you just hope that uh in a couple of weeks when the big one comes that he doesn't you know doesn't do anything silly and just kind of steps up to the mark maybe he is saving himself maybe he's playing within himself in the games and just thinking i don't want to get hit which is kind of crazy but i think it's one of those one of those I've never played American football, but um I would imagine once you're into it, it's one of those sports where you kind of need to feel a bit of a hit to feel back in the game yeah. again. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like kind of running into a really cold ocean. Um, you know, you kind of run in and then run out again. No, it's too cold. I've just done this in Cornwall myself. It's too cold. You know, you can feel your genitalia shrink back up into your body. Um but you've got to do it, you know, you're in it. And once you're in it, it's fine. But that initial bracing blast of cold water, or in this case, uh, an NFL, a 250-pound 200, linebacker bearing down on, on you. Um, yeah, it's got to be done. Yeah, I agree. It's concerning rather than panic stations yet, I would say. This is the sort of high-level analysis you get on Cincinnati. You know, we're not Brilliant. into the PFF Brilliant. grades. We're yeah. all into sort of metaphors. genitalia. It's, in, it's all uh, about metaphors. It's all about the metaphors. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said last week, the geezer could rock up with 150 yards and two touchdowns against Minnesota and he'd be dancing in the end zone and we'd all be shrieking with laughter. And mm. like you said, he had a fantastic practice this week, a couple of practices where he looked good. I think... He needs a full game, a full yeah. couple of games to shake it off. And I think by week three or four, when he's sort of getting four or five catches a game and he's really involved and he's take playing 60, 70 snaps or whatever, all of a sudden you <clears> might be able to say that he's completely got rid of Russ now and this is the guy we thought he was. I'm not worried about it long term, but like I said, I just want to make sure that we're not going into these week one and two games Um which are very, you know, those that those first couple of games are games that, you know, we, we need to win. I know we need to win every game, but they're not, it's yeah. not like we're going away to the Seahawks and, you know, if we get beat, then we kind of expect it or Kansas City or any of the big boys. Like the Vikings at home is such a winnable game if you're going to do anything this season. And I want to make sure that we've got, we, you know, we're playing it as near to 100% as we possibly can be because the Vikings are going to be, you know, Mike Zimmer's going to have them prepared. They know what they're doing. They've got the same sort of setup for a while now. Um, so I just hope that Chase can have another good week and a half of practice, get his head in the right place and show up on that first that first Sunday. Yeah, don't we all? Because as you said, those first two games, I would say, are winnable games. And if we're going to be about anything this year, we I think we do have to win those two games. 
because uh, then I think it's the Steelers in week three, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, we'll come on to our season preview show next uh, week. So that's something to look forward to, our annual bumper season preview show. Um, anyone else catch your eye from yesterday? I kind of enjoyed... Um, uh, I enjoyed the offensive line's performance once again. You know, they're, they're kind of exceeding expectation in the pre-season, it has to be said. Uh, I thought Thad Moss looked good when he was giving lots of yeah. targets uh, towards the end of the game. But, you know, you have to level this out with the fact that he was playing against third stringers and he w- he is a third stringer himself. But I think um, he he was kind of, you know, it's quite interesting to see him play properly for the first time. He's quite sort of slight for a tight end. So I yeah, think I was say that. he looks more like a receiver out there. Um, yep. So I think he's definitely a, a receiving tight end from what I can see. Trayvon Henderson made a few good plays. Uh, I was going to mention him. I thought he looked really good. I don't think he'll make the roster, but I thought no. he looked really good. And I think he's a good candidate for the practice squad for sure. Um, he definitely yeah. flashed a few times. <clears throat> yeah, a really good TFL, an interception. You know, the whole, you know, he was involved. His open field tackling is not too strong. It's good to see Travion Williams back from Trayvon to Travion. Um, good to see Travion back. Nine carries for 44 yards, 4.9 yards a carry. But is that enough to get him onto the roster? We will find out in a few moments. Um, basically, all the players that needed to make plays yesterday made plays. Trenton Irwin, um, Trent Taylor, obviously with that crazy tip pass we mentioned before. Uh, Khalid Kareem showed up before he went off injured. Tyler Shelvin was involved. Uh, um Cam Sample was involved both from the edge and from the inside as well. Um, all the players you wanted to show up kind of showed up yesterday. Um, so, in some ways, predicting this 53-man roster is quite easy. But also, you know, there's some back-of-the-roster guys that are quite tough to select, I think. So, um, yeah, it was a fun game yesterday. Um, should we go on to the 53, shall we? Well, a couple of just a couple of final observations for me, my son. We haven't yeah, talked about Evan McPherson's bomb. Oh, how can I? How can I forget Evan McPherson? Absolutely, go for it. Wax lyrical. I mean, incredible. And I watched that back. I was on the tube um, today, and I was my internet cut out, and all I had was that uh, <laughs> that video <laughs> on the Bengals Instagram, just looping back and forth. So I watched. I watched the kick over and over because I didn't have any internet about ten times. It would have been, I mean, there's a few people that, oh, it would have been good from 70. I'll tell you what, it would have been good from about 60, 65. It was about midway up. It was dropping, but it was midway up the goalpost. I mean, you had at least another five to eight yards on that comfortably. I think 10, you'd have been pushing it. But I mean, that, that's talking about 65 yards that I really think it would have crept over the line from, which is outrageous from the geezer. Uh, um, do you know what? I think he's, I think, I mean, kickers don't win rookie of the year, do, you, do they? But... I do think he's going to become an enormous fan favourite because, yes, yeah. you know, we haven't had like a like a doozy kicker for a long, long time and this guy looks the business. Now, obviously it's very early in his career. He's going to miss some kicks. He's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But certainly, um, you know, just from these past sort of pre-season 
games and what we've heard from camp this guy you know he could i mean we could finally the bengals have a, a kicker to rival justin tucker in this division do you know what i mean and um yeah it's it's great i think it's gonna be fun and, and hopefully if randy bullock um lost us a few games last year i do think evan mcpherson's you know he may well win us some games this year <laughs> It's going to be classic Bengals, son, isn't it? We're going to come out against the Vikings at home. Jamar Chase is going to have 120 yards, a touchdown, look the absolute business. And at the end, McPherson's going to shank a 30-yarder and we're going to lose. Do not. <laughs> and it's going, to be the exact, it's going to be the exact, like, you know, reversal of everything we've been talking about in this preseason. But oh, I, I think the last thing I would say, two just quick things. I don't know what you do with Austin Cyber. I really don't. I, I think he's, he's been, by all counts, excellent. Um, an even bigger testament to Evan McPherson that he's competed with someone as good as that Cyber has been and still won the job, you'd obviously assume. But I really don't know. I'm sure the Bengals are on the phone to some teams trying to make a deal. Mm. I don't think they're going to carry him on the roster, even though there could be some value there. And um, obviously, if McPherson was to get hurt, he'd be the perfect replacement. But I'm sure there's a few teams around the league that he'd be a better starter than the current kicker they've got. The last thing I'll say, I thought it was a bit disappointing we didn't win the game. Not that it's a big deal and not that anyone really gives um, gives a lot of notice to um, pre-season games, but he's 4th and 15. That Jared Sinnett, or sorry, Reed Sinnett's running about, you know, all over the gaff and he spins a ball in, so almost Hail Mary style and they get the win off of it. Now, I know, like I said, Zach Taylor could have kicked a field goal there would have tied the game, but to be ahead like that at home, you just want to get the, the winning feeling, I think. I think in the locker room, the team would have been like, that's a good win, that. You know, we've held on there. We've got a sack or something to kill the game off. And then you go into the first game of the season with a bit of confidence. I think to give away sort of 12, 14 points in five minutes, it's not going to be a big deal. And obviously, most of the third stringers are out there. But I think just for, uh, think for morale, um, it would have been a nice thing to close out rather than, you know, the Dolphins all running around on the sideline, piling in because of that sort of fantastic catch to win it. So I thought that was a little bit of a shame. Like I said, not a huge deal, but a bit, a bit, a bit disappointing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not bothered at all, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean, though. I do know what you mean. Winning is always good. And the Bengals, you know, had str had had problems with, sort of trying to win yes last year you know what i mean they were in winning positions and blew it well, that's what I, what I mean yeah situational football like we talked about yeah. all the last season yeah. i just think that's one of those situations where you know if that happened in the regular season we'd be absolutely spitting blood so i'm, I'm again it's the pre-season it's not a big deal but they're the sort of things that you want to iron out in the regular season because that can just be the difference between a win or a loss. Yeah, I just think, uh, it, you know, if it was the first first team out there, you'd be worried, but it's third stringers, it's chopping and changing, you know, it's, it's you know, people are playing for their jobs, you know what I mean? So, I know, I'm, I'm not too fussed. Um, right, the 53-man roster, Nathan. Well, shall I... Right, okay, should we do wide receivers first, right? So I've got, just say yes or no, whether you've got it or not as well, right? It's like a football sticker collection, got, got. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've got Jamar Chase, somewhat controversially. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tyler Boyd. Yep. T Higgins. Yep. Auden Tate. Yep. Mike Thomas. Yep. And it is a straight choice between Stanley Morgan, Trenton Irwin, and Trent Taylor. Now, 
Morgan is excellent special teamer. We know that, and the and the team really likes him because of his special teams um, value. But frankly, he doesn't do much else. Uh, Trenton Irwin looks as though he's one of those guys that just kind of is able to make plays. He makes good catches in tight situation. He takes massive hits. I mean, he's got terrible hair, but he's 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 definitely a consideration. Trent Taylor signed from the 49ers. Punt returner, so has some special teams value. Um, he's Alex Erickson, isn't he? Well, there, yeah, exactly right. I mean, in stature as well, he's got this very similar stature to Alex Erickson. Now, I've gone for Stanley Morgan. Really? I have. Oh, I thought you were going to go with... So I've gone with Trent Taylor. I just think he's a bit more oh. experienced. He offers something in the return game. He's been around the league for three or four years. I just thought he might offer a little more. But I can see why, as like a gunner, obviously, Stanley Morgan often offers a lot of value. Um, the, the thing is, I suppose, is if you're going for... A, lot, a few people I looked around didn't have Mike Thomas making the roster. That's right. Now, I think I think with Zach Taylor <laughs> knowing Thomas and he's come over from LA and he did he did actually step up last year in a few situations, Thomas, and I think he's a bit more proven and knows the yeah, system better than some of these guys. So I think he's probably going to make it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this one's probably the most open on the roster because I think you could make an argument for Taylor Irwin or Morgan um, for different reasons. They bring slightly different skill to the table. So it'd be very interesting to see how that one um, pans out. But I'm I'm going with Trent Taylor. Okay, interesting. Mind. And I know a lot of people are going to go with Trent and Irwin. So, yes. you know, I think either of those three guys bring something to the team. So we'll have to wait and see. Offensive line, I've got 11 big boys here. Ready? I'm just counting. One, set, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, I've only got ten. Oh, sorry. No, I've got ten. Two, four, six. <laughs> yeah, I've got... No, I've got eleven. I've got eleven. Okay. I'm a, maybe I've missed something here. Okay, go on. Okay. I'll go for my starters. Yep. Jonah Williams. Yep. At left tackle. Quinton Spain, left guard. Yep. Trey Hopkins, centre. Yep. Xavier Surfilo, right guard. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Riley Reef, right tackle. Now, off the bench, you have got Big Fred Johnson. Yep. A few penalties yesterday, but overall in pass protection, thought he did pretty well. Uh, Mike Jordan. Yep. Jackson Carmen. Yep. Billy Price. Yep. Deontay Smith. Yep. And this is probably a little bit... I've gone for Isaiah Prince. Yeah, see, he's not on mine. I didn't carry mm. him over. Um, Which means to me, Trey Hill is in the practice squad. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is unusual because, what, he was a sort of fifth-round pick, something like that, you know. Um, so we'll see. I'm probably wrong on that one. I wouldn't be surprised if Hill's in and say Prince is out or whatever. But that's my... I just think we need a little bit of depth at tackle... And with, it's actually, and it, when you look at it, it's quite a good little unit. When I look at it on mm. paper, I'm like, there's a fair bit of, I mean, I don't know, it's it's an interesting one because you've got someone like Billy Price as a first-round pick. He's been around the league. Jackson Carmen has actually had a fairly good preseason and a second-round pick. you got a bit of confidence if he had to come in. Yeah. Naturally, I just think Riley Reese a lot better than Bobby Hart last year at tackle. Obviously, Jonah Williams is healthy now, which is great. 
Um, Fred Johnson's got a bit of experience. Danta Smith's look good. It, it's it's going to be interesting. I do think it's a lot better. I do, but I want to see it work first. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. And it wouldn't surprise me if, say, Deontay Smith takes over from Xavier Sufilo at right guard or Mike Jordan or whoever, you know. Because uh, I'm not yeah. completely sold on XFF, XSF or whatever you call it. Um, sorry, a bit of track wind again. I'm drinking beer while we do this. Um, okay, uh, tight ends. CJ Uzama. Yep. yep. Drew Sample. Yep. And we've got a toss-up here between Thaddeus Moss, Mitchell Wilcox... God, he got levelled yesterday, didn't he? He looked really groggy as he walked off the field. Bloody hell. Um, yeah. And uh, Mason Shrek, who seems to have been on this team for a long, long time. No, I know. Until now. Sorry, Mason. I think I'm going to give that third tight end spot to Thaddeus Moss. Not, be- yes. not because of the Joe Burrow LSU connection. I just think he could be quite an interesting option in the receiving Room now, maybe Mason Shrek is a better tight end all round, you know, he's a better blocker or whatever. But uh, Moss looked pretty handy, uh, certainly yesterday in the passing game. So I think he's just edged out those guys for me. I agree with you, and I I think the reason I'm picking Thad Moss, he, he played well yesterday, but Joe Burrow came out yesterday and said that he's going to be a big part of their offense. I don't think there's a question that he's going to make the, the roster. Joe Burrow also, last year, threw a lot of balls to <clears throat> CJ Ozama when he was healthy, and I think he his first touchdown pass was to CJ. I think he was, he was looking for um, a man over the middle, and I think, obviously, not only with that chemistry with Thad Moss from LSU, um, but I think Burrow values a tight end position. I think he will, Thad Moss is going to bring a lot more to the table as a receiver than Mason Shrekwood, who's more uh, a bit more of a blocker. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you there, my son. Running backs. Now, obviously, Joe Mixon is a given, I would say. Then you've got Samaj P. Ryan. You have Chris Evans. You have uh, Travion Williams. And you have Jaquez Patrick. And all of those guys, apart from P. Ryan, I would say, have had a really good, and maybe not so much Travion, who's been injured and not struggled to get on the field a little bit, which is such a shame. But certainly Evans and Patrick, you know, people are, you know, yesterday people are kind of screaming for Patrick to kind of replace P. Ryan on the team. I just don't see it. So for me, it's Mixon, P. Ryan, and sorry, Travion, I'm going Chris Evans. Interesting. So I'm carrying forward rather than back. I'm taking Mixon, P. Ryan, um, Evans and Travion Williams. I think that um, I think Travion Williams has got some ability. He's a bit of a hybrid. He can catch the ball out of the backfield and he can also um, get some tough yards. I think he's a nice compliment. I think Chris Evans and P. Ryan are locks. I think P. Ryan has had a fairly poor preseason, to be honest, but I just think with his experience, he did play quite a lot last year and looked fairly good. He's quite a strong, tough um, back that you can bring in. Obviously, Chris Evans is your receiver out of the backfield in that sort of geo mould. Um, but I think Travion, I, it's hard on him because I think he, he would have been furious that he couldn't play in those first oh, two preseason t- games. Yeah, because he, really I thought t- he looked pretty good yesterday. He could be caught yeah. some passes. He, he looked fairly strong. He ran hard, like, like you said, nearly just shy of five yards a, a carry. So... 
there's a lot of ability there for him. I think if he's the sort of guy that if you were to chuck him on the practice squad, I think people will be sniffing around. He might find his way over there. Well, I think the, Jacks, the Jacques Patrick situation, he played okay. He dropped a pass yesterday, which was a fairly easy one. I think he's just an absolute perfect candidate for the practice squad. I don't think anyone in a million years is going to go in there and pick him up. There's a lot of third-string running backs around the league that look mm. good in the preseason against some third-string defenders and can churn out some yards. Um, so I'm, I, I think he looked all right. He looks like a tough, hard runner. But I don't think that from an ability perspective, based on the based on what we've seen, that he should take over from Trevion Williams just yet. Okay, and we haven't even seen Puka yet at all, have we? Yeah, uh, Which is yeah. a shame, really. So... Uh, quarterbacks. I mean, it's Burrow and Allen, really, isn't it? I think that's yes. the uh, that's the duo there. And let's go into well, let's go into special teams. It's fairly easy to predict, isn't it? Uh, McPherson, Hubert, and Harris. Is that who you got? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like I said, with Austin Cyber, I think that's going to be horrible cutting him, <clears throat> putting him on the practice squad because I think someone's going to come straight in for him. But well, I, d- I don't think I don't think you put him on the practice squad. I think you. It's a bit of an insult to him, really. I think he'd probably want to go. I think he'll be snapped up. I don't think I don't think he'll yeah. for the practice squad. Okay, so cornerbacks then, shall we? Uh, Trey Waynes. Yep. Uh, Chidobe Awuzie. Yes. Mike Hilton. There's your starting three, if yep. everyone's healthy. Um, Eli Apple. Yep. Darius Phillips. And... Yep. Jalen Davis. So I'm carrying six cornerbacks. I've only got with five at cornerback. Oh, you're risky, risky, risky. Yeah, I've I've put Jalen Davis. I've given cut the poor geezer. Um, I'm it's a good in. unit. That it's a good unit. I mean, whether you take five or six, it's a good unit. Phillips. I mean, you, like you said, Wayne's obviously might miss a game or two, but he's a very strong, quality veteran. Um, Chidobe, Ouzier, Mike Hilton are very good additions. They've had good pre-seasons, good camps. Um, I rate them to start. And then Apple and Phillips are good if they have to step up at, you know, the fourth or fifth um, guy up. So I'm quite quite confident with that. And also, um, Winston Rose has been playing okay in pre-season. He's been doing pretty well, but they're just not really... Yeah, look at you, look at you. You love a bit of Winston Rose. Here's another thing. Right. Now, if Trey Waynes or Chido... Goes Chido goes down right. <laughs> um, you, I would expect Darius Phillips to be the next man up, really. And yet he was playing all through the game yesterday. No Eli Apple, which seems to suggest, and, and Taylor kind of more or less suggested this, not necessarily confirmed it, but he kind of said Eli Apple wasn't playing because Trey Waynes was out, which kind of means that Eli Eli Apple may be starting against the Vikings, and that fills me with a bit of dread because Eli Apple is not very. <laughs> yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I mean, you think Phillips would probably get the nod there. I mean, Apple obviously was a first-round pick. He got a bit of experience, but hopefully he's played well in camp and they like what they've seen behind the scenes from him. So we shall see. What, seriously, though, what has Darius Phillips done to Zach Taylor? Because every time you think, oh, Darius is going to get a start, it's a good job now because he's <laughs> been playing well. You know, he's done well and... Okay, he's, he, he has his moments, but you know, for the whole, he plays pretty well, and he can he's now punt returner and all sorts, and and then he just keeps getting knocked back, knocked back. He releases another another ridiculous. Oh, that's gonna say, yeah, it's where his tweets are coming from. I know exactly. So I do wonder what he's done to Zach Taylor. Whether he's sort of shat in his bed or kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. 
Um, right, let's get on to the defensive line. Uh, Sam Old Mother. Yep. Larry Ogunjobi. DJ. So you're going the whole line here. You're going a lot. You're not just going it ends or tackles. Uh, I'll go the whole line. I'll go the whole line. Go on then. Well, no, go I'll go. Oh, no, I'll go a defensive ends. Okay, I've got five. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so right. Old Mother. Yep. Cam Sample. Yes. Trey Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. Khalid Kareem. Yep. And Darius Hodge. Yes, agreed. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, obviously, things would be different if Joseph Osai was around. Noah Spence had his moments yesterday. I don't know whether he's done enough soon enough, if you see what I mean, no. to make the roster. Yeah. Uh, but those are the five I'm going with, I think. Yeah, agreed. Uh, defensive tackles, um, Ogan Joby. Yep. DJ Reader. Yep. Mike Daniels. Yes. Josh Tupu. Yep. And Tyler Shelvin. Yeah, agreed. It's a good unit as well. That that D line and D ends pretty pretty yep. useful unit. I love what I've seen from Darius Darius Hodge in the yeah the preseason. He's a fantastic the geezer. Another sack yesterday. Um, it's a good good story that. Um, that means no Armani Bledsoe. That means no Rennell Wren. No, that means no Khalil McKenzie. Those sort of fringe guys. I mean, Bledsoe stood it and did a reasonable job last year, really, when everybody was kind of falling around him. Uh, but those are the guys that I think we're all in agreement with, aren't we? I would imagine the linebackers are the same. Uh, Pratt, Davis Gaither, Logan Wilson, Marcus Bailey, and, of course, Jordan Evans. Yeah, there's been a few people I've seen out there that have gone only with four, but I think I've gone with yeah. Marcus Bailey as well to make the team. I think he's got value on special teams. He's, um, yeah, you want to keep him on the teams. So five linebackers there for me as well. I wouldn't be surprised they put, you know, if they uh, started rushing Davis Gaither a little bit from the edge and maybe moving Sample inside, depending on in certain packages, you know. So Davis Gaither's got some nice uh, versatility to him. I think the safeties are pretty locked on, really. Um, uh, Von Bell. Uh, Jesse Bates, Brandon Wilson, and Ricardo Allen. Agreed, yep. Despite Trayvon Henderson's uh, decent performance yesterday. So that's it. That's the 53 man roster. There you go. Not too. See what I mean? I think, I think a lot of the starters are quite um, set in stone, really. But um, there's a few back. It's really that room. wide receiver position that's Yeah, the one. and the running backs, I'd say. Yeah, running backs as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there's, there's that. They're the sort of positions I think you got to be looking out for. I think the, the thing that fills me with confidence is when you look at both lines and you look at the depth there, offensive and defensive on paper. It actually, it it, it does, especially after the way they performed in the preseason. You've seen a bit of these guys, some of the rookies and stuff like that. It, may, it does make me a bit more confident. It's going to be interesting to see to see what these guys are like against first string opposition. Yeah, um, but certainly, you know, based on camp and based on what we know and what we saw in the preseason, I think there are there is a reason uh, to have a bit of confidence there. Five cornerbacks, though, that might come back to bite you, my friend. Honestly, that might, that might. Anyway, we'll see. Emergency update! Emergency update! The bang. Well, typically. About half an hour after we finished recording this podcast, news came through that the Bengals have traded former first-round pick centre Billy Price to the New York Giants, but not for picks, 
for uh, a player. Uh, so, and it's BJ Hill, defensive lineman, BJ Hill. And um, we're lucky. We're lucky. We just about caught this one, so we can squeeze it in there and squeeze a little bit of reaction. Nathan, your thoughts? Because, uh, uh, you know, things are happening thick and fast at the moment, aren't they? They are indeed, and I, it's no surprise to me. The Bengals love a trade, son. They love one. Before uh, roster cuts, uh, cut downs, they've done it before um, quite successfully. So an interesting one and a bit more of a high-profile one considering B- uh, Billy Price, obviously a first-round pick, never really lived up to that billing. Um, and I think many people thought he'd be sort of fairly good um, rotational depth at the guard or centre position. Obviously, Trey Hopkins coming back from a fairly serious injury <laughs> quite quickly as well. So I guess that's slightly... Um, surprising. But the one thing that I think was an oversight on my part, certainly for the roster predictions, was Trey Hill. Um, I haven't seen too much of him in the preseason, but he is someone sixth round pick this year. And I think the Bengals like what they've seen in him. And obviously, you don't really want to be giving up on a sixth or seventh round pick um, or any pick uh, before the regular season's even started. So I think they've got some confidence in him that shows. Um, and obviously they, they know with the injuries to Joseph Asai, possibly that injury to Kelly Kareem we mentioned earlier, that they need a bit of depth at the, on the defensive line. So it's an interesting trade. Um, and I would say on first glance, it feels about equal value. I don't know what your, what your thoughts are, Sam. I th- yeah, slight win maybe for us, maybe. You look at uh, Hill's um, PFA production and stats, 2018, 61.9, 2019, 75.9, and 2020, 73.4. So, you know, that's not bad grades for an interior lineman. But the question is to me now, what are they going to do? You're right. You know, in our our now outdated (laughs) roster predictions, I had Trey Hill go into the practice squad. That won't be happening now. He's shunted back onto 53. Um, But what happens now? Mike Daniels, do you get rid of him? Do you get rid of uh, Josh Tupu? I think one goes from that that defensive line. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do, I think. Yeah, it is indeed. I mean, there's lots of, uh, I mean, who knows, who's to say that's the last move? So we might be, um, you know, recording this now and then all of a sudden in an hour we've someone else has been cut or there's been a, a trade or something else. So who knows, the Bengals haven't got something more up their sleeve there. But certainly an interesting one. I think probably a smart one. I, when I actually looked at that um, depth chart on the around the offensive line, it was, there was some good players on there and obviously some draft picks that we've invested in and Billy Price is one of those guys he would have been useful as a rotational piece but I think there was a more glaring need on the defensive line with um, the injuries to Asai and obviously um, to Kelly Cream last night, it's pending how serious that is, but um, yeah, I think BJ Hill obviously three years in New York, he was a third round pick overall wasn't he? Um, good PFF grade, probably not someone that's going to light up the league for us by any means. But if you're talking about a depth player that can come in and play when needed and play to a fairly high standard, that's basically it's what we're getting in exchange for Billy Price, isn't it? It's similar sort of um, similar sort of talent. So it, on first glance, to me, it feels like a fair fair sort of deal. I'd say two words, two well, yes, two words. Wallace Gilbury. That's all I'm going to say. You'd take that, wouldn't you? He was you all right, would, Wallace Gilbury. You would certainly take uh, 
big Wallace's, um, what you're talking about, Wallace, um, Gilbury's production from BJ Hill. He was a bit of a, an underrated star, and I think he, he came in a, in a, one of your cheeky trades, didn't he? So, um, interesting. But anyway, we thought we'd just give you a bit of snap reaction to an emergency update. Back to the podcast. Uh, should we get to a no guest this week? We, we're going to go straight into our correspondence. So, um, Nigel Granger at Fleet underscore Risk. Um, I watched the whole game last night and my thoughts this morning are we played to win in the end. We showed promise that we could win. We have a kicker and a half, so close games will go away. I'm not worried about Chase. We have an O-line. Super Bowl, here we come. There we go. Well, Nigel, a nice optimistic energetic uh uh tweet to um start things off james at baguette disco solid handle trayvon henderson had a good game was in and around the action think darius hodge is a lock and so do we james um jamie at trequat beaster jamar chase don't dip your hands in butter pre-game challenge uh, I think, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Uh, Ed Budge at Ed underscore Budge. Seeing Smith and Carmen almost exclusively at guard makes me want to grab a tackle from outside the roster to stuff into the 53. Is there a way to get Jalen Davis and Trayvon Henderson in or does one of them jump in the first time any defender goes down in season? I think we've just answered that question. I've got Jalen Davis as a backup to, uh, I don't know if I mentioned that. So yeah, I've got Jalen Davis in. So my cornerbacks are. Um, did I mention that, Nathan? I can't remember. You did. You did indeed, my son. Okay, I'm losing it. So yeah, Jalen Davis is in my fifty-three, not in Nathan's, but uh, Trayvon is not in either of ours. So yeah, I mean, if if he gets the practice squad, then uh, you know he's in basically. Uh, VB at Von Blade. I was vocally upon the Saul train and I've seen nothing from Chase to make me get off. One highlight reel catch in practice isn't enough. Tate had a few in actual games. Love Mr. Leg though. Better than Fat Randy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am. I was a traveller on the Saul train. It was very a nice modern train with comfortable seats. Excellent buffet cart, I must say. Uh, however, Penay is not having a good time of it either. So, um, who are Team Saul to uh, throw insults around at the moment? I listen. I think both of them would be fine. They're just getting used. To, I mean, Penay Saul is being asked to play right tackle, a position he's never played for before. Jamar Chase is coming up against bigger, better, faster, stronger defenders. You know, so um, and he hasn't played for a year. Both of them, neither of them, have played for a year and a half or whatever it is, you know what I mean? So um, they'll both be fine. Completely agree with you, my son. Um, Paris Pinney at Paris Pinney. Uh, Chris Evans and McPherson were excellent picks. Evans will have a role this season and going forward could be a real weapon on third down stroke passing situations. Hopefully Khalid Kareem is okay, otherwise our pass rush depth will once again look very weak and shallow. Hodge is now a lock. I think uh, uh, I think that's uh, that's it, isn't it? Uh, Northern Bengal at Bengal Stewart. I was very disappointed that Taylor decided to not at least tie the game. 
We have losing down pat. Don't you think winning matters? Again, I think, uh, Stuart, we, we discussed that earlier. I'm not too fussed about it in the pre-season, but I do understand that argument, as Nathan uh, um, said earlier, you know. The orange arrow at the Bengal 4. My thoughts on the game were it was hot. A lot of fun being in the stands again. Who day, who day to you, Mr. Arrow. Uh, Aurelius FC. Actually, Mr. Arrow, I saw a picture of him yesterday. Uh, the, even superheroes have a summer outfit, it seems. Uh, you know, they ditch the lycra and put on the shorts and the uh, fast wicking uh, <laughs> t shirt. <laughs> Aurelius FC at Aurelius FC. I'm more concerned with the fact we again gave up points at the end of half, at the end of the first half, and at the end of the end. If that makes sense. We've had this issue for years. Again, regular season, I would be worried, but it's pre-season. I'm not too worried. But I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I... You, you want to overlook it, don't you? Because no one wants to be hyping anything too much or taking anything away. But, I mean, we're all quick to sort of hype up some of these individuals in the pre-season, like the Jacks Patrick, and say, well, you know, the geezers having a great great run of it. But I think you've also got to look at it situation. I mean, the Ravens now have done, what, their 20 in a row, is it, pre-season games? Yeah. And you know that... I mean, I think the Ravens are one of, in terms of like the coaching staff and how they run, are a very good organisation. You, you and John, you and John Harbour, mate. But yeah, I would have maybe liked to have seen the Bengals um, win one of the win that last one there, and obviously not give up those points at the end. But we move on. We do. Well, no, Sean doesn't. Sean at disciple of Ange. I really, Solid handle. I really wish. We'd have kicked the three at the end. I want to know who Angie is now, don't you? <laughs> um, I really wish we'd have kicked the three at the end. Result is irrelevant in pre-season, obviously, but it gives the kickers high-pressure experience, and I do think that's a very good point. Um, yeah. Uh, slam dunk. It's slam dunk the funk. Solid handle. The running back room is loaded and one will have to go. I'm taking Mixon, Patrick, Evans and Williams. Pirine gets cut and as harsh as that may seem, it's purely my preference. I think the kicking job is sorted, which is also a shame for Cyber as he's done well. See, uh, Duncan's going for four running backs as well. so And he's not he's getting rid of Pirine. See, it could go either way, couldn't it? It really could. Um, Jack, I don't think there's any way, and I, <laughs> if I'm wrong here, I'll have uh, egg on my face. Patrick's not making the roster. He's not making the 53. No, I don't think so either. Uh, he's he's one of those classic preseason guys that looks really good in preseason yeah. games. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, everybody yeah. just calls for him. And there's no denying he's got talent. I mean, he's a monster guy. He's, he must be like trying to bring down a truck, you know. Um, but um, I don't think he's quite. To the standard of Mixon and P Ryan, and um, you know, and I think that's the only way he's going to get onto the fifty-three. You know, as a big. It's hard player. judging running backs in it sometimes because obviously they're always playing with third string um, in the preseason, like backups, and obviously the other team's got backups out there. So it's it's hard to really get a gauge of what they've got. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's more difficult to judge them than receivers, where you can see, you know, the speed and sort of the hands and stuff a bit more in practice. It's you can't necessarily replicate um, the run game as easily uh, in practice. So I mean, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, just to chuck Patrick in there. 
um, if you had the sort of um, the freedom to just throw him in there and see what he could do in the um, in a regular season game against the sort of top tier starters, but. Mm. Until you have that data, and also until you need to do that, we'll we'll never know. But he did have a good preseason, to be fair to the geezer. Absolutely, got talent. You know, hopefully he'll get picked up. He's got a lot of good tape to show people. So you know, uh, dreams of witness at D witness. What do you Tigers think of setting up the offense to drive to the opponent's forty-yard line and kicking field goals every drive this season? <laughs> Count me game. Do you know what I think? A lot of people would be up to the tree. I think you know, just return it back to the twenty and just give McPherson a go from uh, our own twenty-yard line. You know, um, you can do that thing, can't you? It's a very rarely used rule in the NFL, isn't it? Called like a free kick or something. So if you can, if you call for a fair catch, hmm. you're allowed to do a. Is it like a? A free kick, so you can take an unlimited run up and just kick a field goal. You oh, see, really? Very, I did not. Yeah, know no, this. There is there is a rule in the NFL. It's called something like a something free kick, and it basically, if you call a fair catch, you can take an unlimited run up and just bang it from wherever. Okay. Um, and if it goes through, you get three points. But like you, you very rarely ever see it used. It's like sometimes at the end of the half, if someone's punted it and someone calls for a fair catch, sort of at the thirty or something, you might see someone do it with couple of seconds left but i believe that's the case anyway okay i want to see that um david at david millerman i like the look of the starting quarterback burrow was it he wasn't on for long but i'd like to keep him in our 53 i think we all would david and uh, we'd like to keep him in our 53 for the entire season this time um rob hill at three zero zero three rob hodge O-line, Kicker and Evans have impressed me. I love the aggression and intent to make a play from the defence and think we are uh, onto something here. Offence has shown very little, so worried that they may start cold. Chase looks like a 20-year-old who hasn't played for ages. That's exactly uh, what he is, uh, Rob. He's a 20-year-old young man who hasn't played for uh, quite a while. Um... That's that's the only worry about the offense that they will come in cold, you know, Burrow and Chase and all the rest of it, isn't it? And Mixon. That's my big concern. I think yeah. Mixon's not had many touches. He didn't play at the back end of last season. Um, the line's obviously a bit different now. You've got a few people back there. Jonah Williams didn't finish the season. Riley Reefs, um, a new player on that line. Obviously, Suafilo didn't play a lot. Spain had a bit of game time, to be fair to him. And obviously, Trey Hopkins coming back off an injury. So. It is a bit different out there. Um, obviously, Burrow's the big factor there. Has he got enough chemistry? Has he got enough reps? Is he going to come out hot? Um, is Jamar Chase going to iron out his issues? Is the play calling going to be right? There was exactly, a lot of that last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. That's the big thing that obviously no one's really thinking about at the moment because we haven't seen much of it, but that's going to be a big thing. You know, what has Zach Taylor, what's he got up his sleeve um, with Callahan as well, sort of to see, you know, have they got some new plays? Have they, you know, fit this offense around Joe Burrow and his weapons effectively that we're going to see that quite quickly. So yeah, it, I think that is my big concern is that offense and how they come out. Cause if they start slowly and it takes them three or four weeks to get in the groove, as I've said a million times, um, that's three or four weeks too late. Donnie at Ippy Don. I don't think he gets a, a spot, but hats off to Trenton Irwin last night, took a couple of shots uh, on his catches, but held firm. Has Moss done enough for a roster spot? Also, having lost a few tight games uh, the last season or two, McPherson excites me. 
Poor Cybert when Evan hit that field goal, indeed. Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Um, fun little game, wasn't it? Solid handle. A delayed solid handle for the Lord there. Uh, fun little game, wasn't it? I especially enjoyed the Mixon interview with Tyler Boyd and CJ larking around behind him. Hoping they can find a way to keep Jaquez Patrick. He's a lot of fun to watch. Henderson deserves a spot in the linebacker room too. Uh, Memphis Soul Stew at Stuart Bear 688. Did you melt that flake? No, I didn't, Stuart. Um, you got any plans too? Well, I don't know yet. Um, keep it, I want to keep the <laughs> listeners in the dark, really, because it's such a momentous occasion. It deserves to be live streamed, I think. Um, that, that could be one if we get actually hammered by the Vikings to like I know, deter right? attention. Yeah. Just the whole episode dedicated to me melting a Cadbury's flake in a saucepan. Um, or not melting a flake. Or not. That is the that is the, the thing that keeps people interested. Um, what have I got to tell you, Dee? Let's have a look at the Bengals UK notice board, shall we? Um, on the notice board this week, there is uh, news that our fanzine, um, You Don't Live in Cleveland, has sold out. So thank you to everyone who contributed and paid. Uh, to get their copy, and I'm assured by Dastardly Duncan that he's pocketed all the money and gone down William Hill to put a few bob on the necks. No, um, to blow it on cocaine and hookers. They were his words uh, exactly. So Duncan is off to have a fine time. But no, he says that the fanzine, are, that they're, well, after this bank holiday, we're recording this on Monday the 30th, a bank holiday uh, in the UK, um, you should get them by the end of the week. So that's kind of quite exciting, isn't it? Um, also, um, we should have an announcement about a meet-up next week, all being well. So tune in for our um, season preview, our, our bumper season preview. There'll be all kinds of guests and fun and frolics next week uh, and hopefully an announcement to be made. Uh, and I think that's about it, Nathan, isn't it? I think it is, son, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what. What? I'm excited for the season. It's so nice, isn't it? That even last night, sort of a fairly normal time game around nine o'clock UK time to watch that. It was a good game. It was end to end. Um, to have the NFL back, red zone back, fantasy football back, the Bengals back. And crucially for the Bengals, to have them back at the start of a season where we're in contention, O and O, we're ready to go. You know, like the last couple of years, obviously, apart from the first few weeks when we've sort of been behind, there's not been any playoffs to think of. We've not had any lofty ambitions. So at the start of the season, it's always that bit more exciting to see what we've got. I think especially this season, you know, my son, it's a, I have not been as confused or as <laughs> unsure about what I think of a Bengals team as I have this year. There's times where I really think we've got a good chance and we've got a good roster and Zach Taylor's built something that he wants and there's some talent there. And there's other times where I just think it's a lot to gel together. Um, and it might be another season in the making and it might not be what everyone thinks. But I, I honestly don't know. Um, but well, we you, better, you better get thinking, Nathan, because I think... Uh... <laughs> I require from you next week a season prediction. So I'll leave you yep. uh, between now and then to figure out which way you're going with the Bengals and um, you can tell us all next week. But until that time, it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.